the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. It sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Getting into retirement is kind of the name of the game on the show. Talking strategies, economy, business, insurance, investments, whatever. Trying to make it relevant and pertinent to you. Got a big event coming up in Los Gatos, March 9th. Retirement income, strategies, and estate planning. There's an article today in USA Today about income in retirement uh, or how to get a paycheck in retirement. So it's always on people's mind for sure. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com, host of uh, Chad Burton's radio show here on KDOW Mondays and Tuesdays from 2 to 3 o'clock. CFP Chad Burton, how are you? Doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. So let's talk a little asset allocation pre-retirement because... I kind of hit it in a big blanket, wealth accumulation, but you got to drill down a little bit and talk a little asset allocation. What do we need to know? Well, first of all, I mean, in, in terms of asset allocation, when you get started, this broad diversification in both U.S. and international markets is important. And when the market does have those occasional dips, um, 10, 15, 20%, the 20% or more has come every five to seven years. You, you try to buy as much as you can and teach yourself not to panic, but actually think of yourself almost mentally scraping together cash, finding coins, taking into the bank, and, and, and trying to find ways to invest more money at those points in time. That's how you come out way ahead. Um, so just some you know, total stock market index here and abroad is very, very important. In fact, Rob, let's, let's, if we were to ask most people, for example, in 2016, when the S&P 500 was up you know, nearly 12% or so, what would most people say emerging markets did with Trump being elected? Positive, negative? What would you say emerging markets would have done? I'm assuming that people would think that the focus on the United States probably took away the focus from emerging markets. Right. But they, they actually eked out nearly a 10% return in 2016. Actually, 103 and so far this year, as you know, end of February, 
looking like emerging markets year to date are going to end up around 10% versus the S&P 500 up around 6%. So there's some outperformance in the emerging market area. We were having a lot of outperformance last year in emerging markets. Um, and then there was a little pullback because of uncertainty and geopolitical concerns and things like that. It is a more volatile area, but it's something that you want to add. You look at the general emerging markets out there, um, uh, you're talking 11-12 PE ratios uh, versus forward-looking PE ratios of over 17 on the S&P 500. Of course, we have a much stronger overall economy and less uncertainty in terms of currency, but you own that diversification. So you want to be in different markets up to, you know, typically 15, 20% of a portfolio is is a good target to shoot for. Um, and that's when you're younger. When you get to retirement, you need to have different asset classes, though. You need to look at bonds, real estate, and all the other stuff that you can blend in because it's the drawdowns that you're trying to protect yourself from in retirement versus drawdowns really don't matter when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and even early 50s. That's something that scares a lot of people, the idea of drawdowns. And we all know, we, we all think we know how to accumulate wealth. I don't think any of us really have a lot of confidence in, okay, I got X, how do I make X last till the day I die by drawdowns? Because mm-hmm. drawdowns itself is just a concept that a lot of people never have to face until they have to face it. Right. Well, it, well, here's the difference. So if we look at a couple of big drawdowns um, that occurred in the last couple of decades, the big one that everybody remembers in the Bay Area is the tech correction. Um, and that was interesting because of just companies trading at, you know, 50 times no earnings, right? I mean, that was just fair enough. The new economy thing going on. But from 2000 to nearly the end of 2002, the S&P 500 was down nearly 44%. And so it took two years and four months, or I'm sorry, six years and two months for that market to recover. For the investor that's adding to their portfolio, right? They're buying every two weeks with their paycheck into their 401k. They're buying all the way down and all the way back up again. By 2007, they had a ton more money. So the drawdown really didn't matter. It gave them buying opportunity, the best buying opportunity for the next decade. Um, But when you're in retirement, as the drawdown is occurring, if you're having to sell in order to put food on your table or take that vacation that you wanted, you're not going to recover. It just mathematically won't happen. So you need different asset classes, whether it's bonds, real estate, um, even managed futures, other things that drastically reduce the time to recovery, as well as your three years worth of portfolio draws and cash. That's when you're. That's when asset allocation becomes extremely important. Asset allocation doesn't mean you're outperforming the S and P 500 when the S and P 500 is doing well. It means you're setting yourself up for success in the long run because you're not as subject to those occasional drawdowns because they will occur. And if you have a really good plan in place, they won't bother you as much. You won't lose that sleep at night that people lost in the 2000 correction and the 2008 correction. We've got a big event coming up, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday in Los Gatos, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar. People have to pay $25 to get in. You're going to cover a lot of information on transition portfolios, social security strategies, cutting risk in your portfolio, managing risk in your portfolio, 
um, and much, much more. You can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free, only for radio listeners. RADIO25, you can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We've got about a minute or two left, Chad. Let's talk about some big drawdowns that people that you've seen some of your clients kind of get hit with that they probably weren't expecting it was going to be that big of a drawdown. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one that we've seen for a long time was the 2007 uh, from peak down to trough. That was a couple of years. Um, and then it took really six years and two months to recover from that 2007 drop that occurred in October. Um, but if you had diversification, it didn't take you nearly that long to recover. In fact, if you're a person that's still you know, just now breaking even, um, it's because you probably panicked and went to cash or you had to continue to draw on the way down because you were over-weighted in equities versus having different asset classes and versus having your three years' worth of portfolio draws on the sideline to live off of. So during that period of time, if you had the cash to live off of as well as dividends and interest on stocks that continued to increase their dividends during that time frame, you know, you were, your, your recovery time was much less. Um, there's ways to add different asset classes in, and I showed charts at some of these events where it can cut your, reti- your recovery time down when you do have corrections, longer-term corrections like that, by you know 50% in terms of the time that it takes to recover. Now, what that means is that when the market is really ripping because you're not just 100% in U.S. stocks and the markets, that's the best place to be, you're not doing as well in those years, but it, it, the math works out over the long run. If you're not drawing your portfolio down while the market is having a correction, that's the key to success in retirement. And then there's other things that you got to think about, too, in terms of like long-term care planning and stuff like that that we get into these events. Thanks very much. CFP Chad Burton, you can hear him today from 2 to 3, talking retirement income strategies and more. Meet him in person if you want. Los Gatos, California, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar. Going to cover retirement products, going to cover passive management versus portfolio management, transition your portfolio, and much, much more. To get in for free, you can use the radio code RADIO25, RADIO25. The event's coming up in about eight or nine days, a couple Thursdays from now, in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. Sign up today at newfocusfinancial.com. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Big event coming up in Los Gatos. It's last event for a few months until May. You can sign up for the Retirement Income and State Planning Seminar in Los Gatos. Um, Passive versus active management, Social Security strategies, good and bad retirement products, how to manage your IRA, your 401ks, those basic thoughts. 
Um, you can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show, uh, because you're radio listeners, and I really started my career many, many, many years ago on radio. You can get in for free if you use the code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. Elsewhere in the news, colon and rectal cancers are surging amongst millennials and Generation X, and there's not a good answer for why. Maybe it's obesity, maybe it's inactivity, maybe it's poor diets, but... Someone born in 1990 has doubled the risk of early colon cancer and quadrupled the risk of early rectal cancer versus someone born in 1950. Um, it's likely that millennials and Generation X adults will carry that risk forward. Um, so we got that going for us, which is nice. Americans are living longer and we're having to save differently than we've ever saved before. Um, interesting to note, I saw this headline up there today. Uh, low inventory and mortgage rates have pushed home prices to a 30-month high in December. This is according to the S&P Case-Shiller Home Index. The 20-city composite, which tracks the nation's largest cities, gained 5.6% year-over-year, up from 5.2% the previous month. Again, it's the same old winners. Uh, Seattle, Portland, Oregon, and Denver are the biggest year-over-year gainers. Of the nation's top 20 cities, seven reached their all-time highs in December. Seattle, Portland, Denver, Boston, Charlotte, North Carolina, San Francisco, and Dallas. Home prices continue to advance. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's my personal lender. You've heard him on the show numerous times. I actually hang out with a guy on occasion on weekends and uh, just relax a little bit. So he's a lender. He's the guy who gets you your mortgage. He's the guy who tells you what you qualify for, what you're pre-qualified for. One of the more interesting angles that I hear him get frustrated over is when someone wants to put 20% down and the appraiser goes out and it's not quite 20%. It's too high of a number or too low of a number um, and suddenly you have to come up with more money. Talk a little bit about how this happens and I guess recapsulate what I just said. I mean, quite simply, we're in a seller's market and there's not enough sales right now. We know inventory is low and sales volume is low. So what happens is the your purchase price is going to get kicked up. You're going to overbid uh, so that you can get that offer accepted. And then when your appraisal comes in, it's going to be you know a certain percentage below that amount. So if you have certain... Uh, down payment, let's say 20%, and the reason we want 20%, of course, is to avoid a loan that has mortgage insurance and to get better rates, is now your loan is uh, as a uh, 19% or 18% down payment, okay? So you're going to get mortgage insurance, or you're going to have an FHA loan with higher mortgage insurance. So there are some tools that people can use to keep the same down payment but avoid mortgage insurance, and that's to get... Um, a second loan. It it always works out, and you don't have to get a big second loan. It can be as small as like seventy five hundred dollars, um, and it can put you over that eighty percent. You you have a you know the interest rate's a little bit higher. Yes, it's adjustable, but but you can focus on paying that off a little early. Leave yourself a nice little equity line you can use down the road. But it avoids that mortgage insurance, and there's always a lower payment when you get that scenario. So when it does come back, um, do people panic? When what comes back? The appraisal on it's. Um, well, you know, it's something that we've we've definitely been focusing on preparing people for. Yeah. So we run the scenarios in advance, 
Now, that doesn't mean that your lender is going to do that in advance. They may just say, oh, well, we've got to make sure that you have 20% down. And they, don't, and they might see some reserves. Or they look at your 401k or IRA and say, oh, we have some reserves there that we can use. And they don't think it through that maybe they don't want to use a 401k or yeah. their IRA. And they don't prepare people for it. And I think that's where a, where a lot of people that are going into offers um, and, and they're not prepared. They're not talking to the realtor. And, and not only that, the realtor's not asking, hey, you got 20% down. Are you prepared to offer another 40000 over appraised value or whatever it is? Um, and what are your contingency plan? Contingency plans. How does the appraisal process work now? What is it, like a two-day thing? Um, you know, you, you start the loan process. You submit a loan. You, you contact the appraiser. They, they call your, your agent. They enter the house. They... Um, take pictures, they measure the house, make sure, you know, the, the appraisal process is a, a lot more detailed than it used to be. Okay. Uh, and, and they have an appraisal management company that that appraiser works for that's going to do a quality check and the lender's going to do a quality check. And as a matter of fact, I just talked to a client not too long ago who came to my office and said, you know what, we try to refinance the lender. Uh, we got an appraisal. It worked out fine. But the lender did what, you know, the, the, a BP, a broker price opinion, and, and it, they disagreed with the appraiser and knocked or the appraisal amount and they knocked it down 20 grand which disqualified them so there's a lot of quality control that goes into it now but um so just because you get an appraisal and this is something that the california association of realtors needs to change on their contract is that an appraisal contingency isn't just value yeah okay you can put a appraisal contingency in there and it comes in at value great the appraisal still has to pass the lender. So, for example, if the property comes in in fair value or there's an unpermitted addition or uh, there's Section 1 items, uh, termite damage, or it's anything like that that needs to be repaired. So there's, there's, there, there are some corrections that need to be made, and I hope at some point they do make these corrections because it's kind of confusing. It's, it's too simple. And a real estate transaction, we want it to be simple, but there's a lot of things that still need to protect the buyer. And if you remove a appraisal contingency and you don't have a loan contingency... Uh, you could be stuck with a with a house and coming up with extra money, having to borrow from your parents or whatever. Tap your 401k if you and you really didn't need to. It makes a painstakingly frustrating process even more frustrating when yeah. that happens. Yep. I'm speaking with Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, since we're living longer, I think we're going to have to change the way we save. According to the National Center for Health Statistics, the, we're living about 78.8 years. Um, and again, women live a little bit longer than men do. So having your investments into your 70s and maybe 80s is going to be a very common thing. Whereas in the past, we used to you know, skew heavily towards bonds the older we got. Um, that's one of the big damages done by the low interest rates for the last 10, 15 years. Some of the areas where we could save, like CDs, just they're not relevant anymore uh, because they just don't have enough of a return. So uh, work as long as you can. That's one way to stop drawing down on your portfolio early in retirement is to work. So you always have money coming in. We'll talk about this much, much more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
at Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, 12 record days, or yeah, I guess kind of so. Uh, the Dow continues to march higher. Uh, pretty confident we hit 13 today, or all bets off? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, who knows? I mean, the, right. I think that uh, maybe the uh, the safer bet is to suggest that maybe just the market finishes higher. But you know, if we actually get, uh, you know, on that, uh, we hit that 13 days in a row. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sorry to give you such a lousy answer. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> I think yeah. you know, you know, and I know that I'm kind of teasing you that. Big picture people tend not to care about uh, small little records on the way to the the final destination. So, yeah. but man, if you turn on CNBC, they love market highs. Oh, Is there's no doubt about that. You know, it's, it's good for for uh, for ratings and you know increased viewership if they can uh, you know keep talking about a, a bull market. You know, that just goes up day after day. Um, so there's there's a little question that I think the business media is certainly enjoying this this bull run the market is on. Um, and you know, I have to admit, you know, I think it was given a little fuel yesterday. Obviously, when um, you know the greatest value investor of all time, you know, Warren Buffett. Came out and acknowledged um, that, frankly, he thinks that stocks are on the cheaper side of things, given where uh, where interest rates currently are. Um, and I think that viewpoint carries a lot of credence for a lot of people. Uh, so, uh, so in terms of this idea that the market, you know, has to sell off sharply from where we are because it's gone up, you know, seemingly every day. Uh, you know, he, I think, threw a little cold water on that notion here, and. Um, uh, and so we'll see what happens. But uh, that was certainly a supportive uh, a comment uh, from someone who is, you know, I think most people can say knows what he's talking about. Yeah, Warren Buffett. Uh, in basketball, you want to be like Michael Jordan and invest. You want to be like Warren Buffett. And when he speaks, does carry a lot of clout. Talking about interest rates, we'll stay with that for just a moment. Um, it's March. Uh, we're basically wrapping up February very, very quickly here, and a lot of people are expecting the March rate increase from the Federal Reserve. Uh, how do you think the markets will respond to that, and is that part of the big picture, or is that something we should just kind of deal with? Well, you know, I think that the market, uh, despite a lot of um, commentary and the narratives out there that suggest that the market's not expecting a rate hike uh, at the March meeting, you know, I would contend that the market is, would be pretty comfortable with one, frankly. Um, you know, it does appear as if the probability of a rate hike in March is, is picking up somewhat. Uh, but if you just continue to look at the performance of the market and the sectors that are leading it, really, um, you know, I don't think this market is uh, living in fear right now of another 25 basis point, you know, rate hike from the Fed, uh, because based on how the market itself is behaving, it would, it would, tend to think that the Fed is raising rates for the right reasons. You know, you're getting stronger economic growth that's inviting higher levels of inflation, uh, and it should lead to stronger earnings growth. And so from the market's perspective, you know, those aren't necessarily bad things. And, you know, it's a different inflection point, I think, that we're at right now, uh, where the market... Uh, knowing it has these promises of tax reform down the pipe and infrastructure stimulus and deregulation, 
uh, it's more comfortable than it would have been maybe a year ago with the idea of the Fed hitting an inflection point and moving to, you know, uh, raise rates more than one time in a year. So, uh, so if we get one in March, I think, you know, maybe you get a knee-jerk sell-off, but I think it ultimately stabilizes on this notion that the Fed raised rates for the right reasons and that being that the economy is, is better, and it's certainly not at a level that uh, requires uh, emergency levels of interest rates. I live in a hotbed of, I would say, liberalism. Uh, there seems to be two political parties in California, liberals and Democrats. Uh, but tonight a Republican is going to speak. Um, and all my friends are basically very liberal or very Democrat. And uh, I keep expecting the tr- uh, Trump to like trip up the markets. Uh, what do you expect from the president tonight? Well... I, you know, I tend to expect to hear a, uh, a populist speech, uh, but okay. one that uh, continues to play to his to his political base. Um, but I think that uh, uh, I think it'd be surprised, frankly, if there's a lot of details um, in this speech. Still, um, okay. you know, as he conceded yesterday, health care is a very complicated health care reform is a very complicated issue, uh, which made me think that. Uh, he and his cohort doesn't have it figured out yet, um, so I'd be surprised if there'd be a lot of specific details on a health care uh, reform plan. Um, you know, there's a f- supposedly phenomenal tax reform plan that's on on the way, uh, but you can't get that done until you get health care reform done, according to the president and uh, the Speaker of the House. So, um, so I think you're going to hear a lot of superlatives and generalities again uh, that. Uh, suggest the administration is going to be moving in the right direction, but uh, I think it'll be more uh, form than substance uh, on you know this time around, uh, unfortunately. Um, but I think this market again has, has shown quite a willingness to continue to accept the form over substance um, uh, because it's still early in the year. But the, the longer this drags out. Uh, and I think the health care reform issue becomes a really big issue because that has to come first. And if that, you know, if the GOP can't get its act together and, and figuring something out there, it will push back the uh, the timeline for when tax reform is, is can happen. And so and that would be disappointing. But I think uh, the market still is allowing the administration this grace period, if you will, um, to figure out the details uh, and uh, won't be too terribly disappointed if this speech tonight uh, continues to be one of generalities more so than uh, than the details that we're all looking for. Now, yesterday you said that, or you noted that Warren Buffett said stocks look cheap based on interest rates, but you could open up any financial media page right now or turn on CNBC or listen to Bloomberg, and you're going to hear some people, Dr. Doom, say we're going to go lower. Some people say we're going to go higher. There's a lot of noise out there. How do you feel about... To me, it, it, I'm not going to say we're you know, at a, a focal point or anything like that, because I don't think we are, but um, how do you disseminate some of this information? Well, you know, you're right. There's a lot of noise out there, and, and honestly, there's a lot of qualified opinions, too, uh, on either side right. of that argument in terms of the market Fair being enough. overvalued or perhaps still undervalued. Uh, and so you, know, you kind of have to, um, you know, I think put the earmuffs on, every now and then and, and look at 
look at the data, you know, and, you know, forget commentary in some respects. You know, what is, what is the data telling you? And, and what we see in the data is that you still have, uh, you know, economic growth that is below par, but which seems to be improving. Um, and you have earnings growth, which could be stronger, but is certainly improving and, you know, looks headed in a, a direction where it could be stronger. But, um, you know, and those are stabilizing factors, I think, that you have both earnings growth, you know, modest earnings growth right now with modest GDP growth. Um, and in terms of, you know, valuation and all that, I think a lot comes down to individual choice, too. You know, what are your risk tolerances? You know, what are you willing to accept? Um, and uh, and I think that you've got a market here that kind of just stays range-bound as a lot of people and a lot of different opinions come out to try to uh, figure out where this market is um, from a valuation standpoint and where it can go. Um, so it's, it's probably a point where we've seen, obviously, a really strong start to the year, but I would think that things start stabilizing here and get more into sort of somewhat of a lateral consolidation phase with perhaps maybe maybe a bit of a pullback here. We're certainly overextended on a short-term basis, but, you know, as we've seen, markets can stay overextended for longer than you think, so we'll have to see what happens. So what are you working on? I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. I start my morning every day with the page one uh, article that you put together five days a week. You put together a big picture column on Fridays, which kind of goes a little bit deeper and dark, uh, longer into conversations. What are you working on right now, Pat, that uh, we need to be aware of? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that's certainly caught my eye uh, and which what jumped out again with uh, Target's terrible earnings report this morning is this notion that, you know, consumers probably are in a pretty good position, you know, uh, even though you got a lot of noise, as we've talked about, related to building inflation pressures, you know, there's certainly pockets where you're getting price deflation, um, and you're seeing it, you know, amongst telecom services companies and their mobile plans, you're seeing it now, Target's going to be very competitive on price, and, and Walmart certainly is, Amazon certainly is, you're seeing it in the discount brokerage space, too, Fidelity lowered its commissions this morning, Schwab matched it, um, so I think we can thank the transparency of the Internet for that in some respects. Um, uh, and obviously the uh, uh, maybe the element of capitalism too, because uh, uh, you know capitalism produces competition uh, when there's a quest for increased profitability, and so um, so there could be some favorable developments there um, as far as pricing is concerned. You know, for consumers in the months ahead, um, if these uh, particular instances are indicative of what might come in a broader sense. It's interesting um, how retail is struggling in the United States as aggressively as it is, and yet we have a healthy economy. Uh, Or retailing stocks is probably a better way of me putting that. But thanks very much. It is Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. It's Briefing.com. Great content, great insights, lots of articles about IPOs, about growth stocks, about value stocks. Uh, You could get lost in the content at Briefing.com, and you could even track your own portfolio for breaking news. A lot of good stuff at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Hi, I'm Rob Black. The stock market recently hit record highs, but don't celebrate just yet as retirement is marching ever closer. Most of us have a big fear about what retirement will actually look like. To conquer that fear, you need to take the right steps along the way. 
Learn winning strategies from me, Rob Black, and certified financial planner Chad Burton at an educational event in Los Gatos on Thursday, March 9th at 6.30. We will cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio and break down the 2017 market outlook. You'll also learn how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to minimize tax and retirement, social security strategies, and much, much more. And get estate planning tips for 2017 from attorney Michelle Lerman. That's Thursday, March 9th, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com for just $25 or free for KDOW listeners using the promo code RADIO25. That's newfocusfinancial.com, promo code RADIO25. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, 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 money. Investing in much, much more. I'm not obsessed by money. I want to have a happy retirement. At some point, I want you to have a good retirement. One of the most touching stories I've ever heard was uh, a grandparent who unconditionally loved his kids, uh, grandchildren, and gave them a lot of confidence. Parents were working and the parents were uh, doing what they do, uh, but not being great parents. But the grandparents really stepped in and were great grandparents. One of the things that they did was... Uh, uh, they do things along the lines of pay for the kids' college, the grandkids' college. Uh, every time the grandkids would come to visit, there'd be a $5 bill in each hand, so whichever hand the kid picked, it was a winner. I want you to be that kind of grandparent, because you'll change the world. Um, I once asked the mayor, Chuck Reed of San Jose, if he had run for governor of California, because from the distance, he looked like he did a pretty darn good job in San Jose. Uh, long story short, he ultimately said he would not run for governor because he thinks the state of California is ungovernable. And that's unfortunate, but I, I, I get it. Um, so I do this show in large part because I want you to be, to make a difference. So I'll do what I can to get you there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Some of the... Top stories today have to be, you know, the market, will it or won't it be able to get a 13th day? Uh, right now, it's not looking good. We've got red on the S&P 500, red on the Dow, red on the NASDAQ, but things can change. Barely red is the right answer on all three of those. So the second estimate for fourth quarter GDP stayed true to the advanced estimate. It's lackluster. Came in about a 1.9% reading for the fourth quarter. But again, that's past performance. Who cares? It's already happened. There's a little bit of shifts. For instance, personal consumption expenditures were shown to have increased 3% versus 2.5%. There, that was offset by reduced estimates for state and local government spending. There's a lot of talk about Donald Trump and what he's going to do as far as spending initiatives. 
And one of the thoughts is tonight he might talk about cutting mortgage interest deductions. He might talk about cutting your ability to write off or to use your property tax against your income. you got to cut somewhere if you're going to spend elsewhere. And you just can't keep printing free money, free money, free money, free money. So how would that affect housing costs if you cut those two issues? Uh, and they're up for debate, for sure, as far as bringing those cash cows out uh, of the system. So you're not going to cut the 401k, no federal income tax, even though that would pull in big dollars for the government. You're not going to cut um, charitable giving, even though that saves millions and millions and millions of dollars for the U.S. Uh, for individuals versus the government. So lots to start to think about coming down the road. Uh, Target had a lackluster quarter, um, and they also talked about you know basically competing with Walmart and using their playbook. They've had eight years of struggling. Now they plan to cut prices to get customers back in the store. Uh, the shift to less expensive merchandise is going to weigh on their sales and profit in the short term. So says their CEO. More Americans are living in fear of retiring poor. Pensions are vanishing. State-sponsored IRAs are under attack. Uh, of the 18 million workers between the ages of 55 and 64, more than 4 million will be poor or near poor at age 65. Um, that includes 2.6 million Americans considered middle class right now. So a lot of people are going to go from middle class to poor in retirement. U.S. home prices reached a 30-month high. Low inventory and mortgage rates have pushed that index of the S&P Case-Shiller U.S. National Home Price Index uh, to the point that, you know, we're doing great. Of the 20 largest cities, seven have hit their all-time highs uh, in December. That's a little shocking. 13 are not at all-time highs, right? So Seattle, Portland, Denver, Boston, Charlotte, North Carolina, San Francisco, and Dallas, all at all-time highs. Um, consumer confidence hit a reading of 114 in February. Consumers rate the current business and labor market pretty favorably. And consumer confidence is important because when you look at your bank account or whatever makes you confident, you might be a Republican and you're like, I love my Republican president. And I'm going to spend money on my credit card. Or you may say, well, i got a nice bonus at uh, the holidays. It's been sitting there in cash. I'm going to go spend it. I feel confident because there's a lot of cash there. Whatever it is, you're spending money on the economy. So consumer confidence tends to translate into a better economy. Elon Musk, this is straight out of Crazyville. And I don't know how I feel about this. I think I do, but maybe I just don't want to admit it. Elon Musk talked yesterday, and he's just a goofy dude. I mean, I'm going to just you know, put, throw it out there as far as some of the things that come out of his mouth. You're like, let me think about that. Okay, got it. And you really have to process it kind of slowly. Um, but he talked about sending two Americans, or I guess not really Americans, two people into space to let you go beyond the moon. Um, so on a conference call yesterday with reporters, he said SpaceX could launch two private investors on a one-week mission around the moon. He says, I hope this gets people really excited about sending people into deep space again. 
Uh, the two pastors aren't ready to disclose their identities, um, but the two space tourists known to each other were private citizens, though no one from Hollywood, and were very serious about making the trip. They've placed a significant deposit so that they can be space tourists. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big event coming up on in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's Retirement Income Strategies. Free code to get in is Radio 25. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.